You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. All right. Welcome to Refrigerated Diaries Behind the Food. I am your host, Godwin Ihianachuku, Ihianachuku, Ihintugi, chef owner operator of Yum Village. And you are on Refrigerated Diaries Behind the Food. So, this is episode, we're going to be kind of transitioning into a lot of the stuff we talked about and just kind of making this a lot more personable and getting our guests. Look at that. Ellen, what's up? Can we see? Oh, is that part of that. the recording? I, it is. Yeah, yeah there I am. Yeah, that's I'm going to go back to you now because the lighting's it's shining perfectly on you. And <laughs> cool, cool, cool. It's good over there. So um, Refrigerated Diaries Behind the Food, we've got a lot of requests on you know, some of the things that I go through, the personal stuff and, and my overall, uh, a day to day. And so I'm going to kind of spend a little bit of that time talking with you, Alan, and, uh, you audience about, uh, some of the reasons why we do Young Village and, uh, and why we do it, you know? Uh, so one of the first things is, uh, when I was, uh, working, I was a marketing manager, uh, for the entertainment coupon book. This is my very first job ever. I worked with mom and pop stores mainly. Uh, sometimes I got the opportunity to work with a regional account like a Rite Aid or a Perry's, dating myself. But uh, what happened was when I, I started working with these different restaurants, it, it got me back into my, I, I feel like I can get into the kitchen mode. I, I feel like I can do this. And um, one of the things that I was so hesitant about was, getting into the kitchen you ever like I, I i'm a clumsy person are you clumsy oh for sure right like the, you sh- this side of the studio over here you can't see it on camera but that i don't know like if i were to just walk over there that vacuum would be on the floor <laughs> and there'd be a chair upside down by yeah, the way I'm, it looks good i like this way better okay awesome the, yeah. <laughs> the other way a little bit um, more light yeah so i'm terrified of just doing anything that I'm not supposed to. I'm, I'm like the person. And I'm a huge introvert. So I had to get over a lot of things, right? So a good example of my, my day to day, right? So I know if I have a speaking event or something like that, right? I know that I'm going to have to get enough energy to talk to people and everything. And so I'll purposefully plan not to run into anyone at all that day until I have to go speak like that's out. actually I'm gonna have to write that one down that's a, <laughs> but I was gonna I'm not trying to derail you or anything yeah go ahead but I know we've had this talk before because I also consider myself an introverted person and you work in the food industry very briefly before got a little more into the media things I briefly worked in a prep kitchen all right, right, right. Very extroverted place. It is. You walk in <laughs> through the door and you're having like eight conversations going at once. And it's, I just, all my coworkers were friendly people, but that was a tiring job. Just it's over, it can be overwhelming. The work, a little draining. Then, yeah. Just being that close to people in the kitchen, mm-hmm. just like shoulder to shoulder. And then you got like, I was in the bakery. So it was a very like narrower than this room. What, what were you putting down was, in the bakery? Uh, like gluten-free vegan cupcakes because we were at like a hipster grocery store in Ferndale. So. That is fantastic. Yeah. They were good though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. Um, well, I'm the same way. Um, if someone's talking to me or if they're, they've got a suggestion, uh, and this happens a lot. Like you'll, you'll be walking and someone's like, Hey, you know, why don't you, 
you know, do this thing like put you know cinnamon on your jerk chicken. I don't know. <laughs> yes, people would do that because you're because I well I don't know how your kitchen's set up, but just how close you are to everybody, and people can just easily look over and go, and everybody's. They have their own opinions on how, well, I would do it this way. And yeah. with me, it was always the cupcakes. Yeah. And okay. I don't, I don't talk a lot about mm. this, but being not going to culinary school, for example, I'm so self-conscious about just recipes and is this a good thing or <laughs> I, I get the feeling. I get the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, after I got over all of that, I, I started thinking to myself, well, I really want to eat some good food options that are within my flavor palette. My father did a lot of the cooking at home and then my mother did some cooking too. We had an equal cooking household, not a lot of uh, stereotypes and things like that. Um, gender roles weren't really a thing in our house. So you cook, you cook, you know, you clean, you clean. <laughs> you it's a life skill. What you kill. Yeah. yeah, yeah you know, it's a it. life skill. You can't, can't get, get, get in that way. Um, and so hence me venturing forth, uh, starting to cook, starting to get, uh, involved in the, in the kitchen industry and things like that. And, and now almost every day, but for the most part, almost every day, I do find myself a little overwhelmed. I see like, ah, oh, man, I've got to paint the walls on a restaurant. I thought I was just cooking food, <laughs> you know? Uh, lots of the, the unsung jobs of working in a restaurant and the service industry overall. Just like keeping the bathrooms clean and like <laughs> things like that that you just take for granted. Someone yeah. else is doing it. Oh my god! Yeah, I hear you. Someone has to. It's definitely there. I've um, been that. I've been that person <laughs> many times. <laughs> right? Yeah. You're like, hey, who who cleans the bathroom? The same person who's making the food. You know, we oh, wash ooh, your hands. Okay. Well, wash your hands. Could be a different person. Not Usually, the dishwasher. Yeah. yeah. Like you know. So. And I've been that person too. I've I've. You name like a. Uh, one of those types of jobs. I don't want to use the term like minimum wage or anything, but, but service, service, and yeah, but hospitality. More, yeah. I've been there. I've been there. I've tried them all out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's hard so, work. Yeah. It is. It is. And like so, Detroit. Right now, I remember when I first started looking into the restaurant industry. I said, you know, I want to get into the restaurant industry. I want to be a chef. This is something I want to do. I'm so I know this for certain. Uh, the statistic, uh, you know. Google it. Uh, don't quote me on this. You know, there's, there's all sorts of things you can look up online, right? The statistic I looked up online stated that it was like 2017. It was like, but in the 2017 year, there were about 350 restaurant openings within a three-year time period from uh, 2014 to 2017, all within a 15-mile radius of the point of origin, which is where Campus Marshes is, right downtown. That was then, right? And we're two years after that, 2019, and I still feel like I, there's a new restaurant opening up every day. There's buildings on the block, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, where are all the people? <laughs> yeah, I sometimes feel that way too, cause, uh, or sadly, you see restaurants go, that too. Or places or bars, um, they're there. The people are there, and it, sometimes it just takes that bit of like, uh, I guess, kind of a cliche term, but like the leap of faith to walk into that one restaurant you've never been to before, 
and it may be something you've driven past to work. I don't know. What gets you to walk into a restaurant you've never been in before? This Uh, is good. I'm curious. Well, I'm really hungry, and I'm like, let's go. (laughs) I (laughs) need food. (laughs) Let's go. It's right here. (laughs) Stop. Fine. This is well. I also um, tend to eat vegetarian, so that's usually I usually seek the stuff that I have to kind of look online to be like, okay, is this going to have anything? Or do you uh, do you watch um, Netflix? Yes, I do. How long does it take you to pick what to watch on Netflix? Uh, now that one, that's I'm the type of person who just watches the same reruns of Frasier every night. Oh, okay. see <laughs> now in the but I'm not quite. I try not to be that person when I'm eating out. Of course, it's it's cool to have the favorite restaurant, but uh. I don't know. I, I notice myself getting stuck in a rut. Like, um, if I'm getting Middle Eastern food, I really like Rima's and Hamtramck. But then if I'm there a lot, I'm like, well, okay, let's shake it up. Let's go to Yemen Cafe or something. So, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I always have good. my default. Yeah. But then I'm like, let's go try this place. And then. I like to imagine if I had to live the life of Niles, how would I order? And then, would I order? <laughs> oh, Niles and Fraser? Yeah. You'd order. I don't very pretentiously. You'd get the most uh, eccentric and uh, particular and expensive menu on the item or item Walnut on the menu. Walnut encrusted swordfish. Yes, that would be a, that's a Fraser meal. That could be a whole nother podcast. Would this meal be on Fraser? <laughs> it, it definitely. You yeah. know, we'll we'll see. So um, I, I never meant to. I meant to ask you this too. How, what's in your refrigerator, by the way? How, oh. Me? Yeah. Um, I've never asked you what's in your refrigerator. That's Rhonda. yeah. <laughs> uh, then I want to ask you, so because I don't know, you don't really share that. With, it's usually I the don't. guests. Yeah, who, I never talk about what's. Or is that a secret? <laughs> okay. I I will share it. I will do a picture to prove it. <laughs> well, for me, I prove I, it. I get a little bit crazy about it, but I always have to have some sort of a fresh vegetable because okay. I go a little bit crazy if I don't have it with a meal. It's just that part of my brain that's just nagging that's me good. to be you healthy. Good, yeah, you had good upbringing. Yeah, nice. no, my mom always had fresh fruits and vegetables, and always packed my lunch. You know, even if I was picky that day and didn't eat them, they were there. Right. And I eventually eat them when I got home, so she wouldn't notice that I didn't eat them. So some type of like a bagged spinach, uh, bell peppers. Always have those. Always have a frozen fruit for smoothies. Okay. Greek yogurt. Sounds good. I know. I sound like I'm being really like annoying. Foundation. I eat, <laughs> I eat very unhealthy, too, because uh, for all the bell peppers that are in my fridge, there's also a Taco Bell receipt in my purse. So I I, I should have a Grubhub you know. membership. You know? But it's um, late night orders. I, I cook all day and then I come home. I, I'm tired. Like yeah. Motivated a little bit. Sometimes if I see okay. something I want, I want to see on a cooking show, I'll make it. If I want to make it like a mousseline or something, well, you know, I'm in the mood for that. Let's do it. But then you got to go out and buy all the ingredients. Yeah. You know, you know what? So early, early morning, or I think if it's, what is it? Right, right at the point, well, the happy hour time for me is the best time to go shopping because everyone is either at happy hour or still in their car. And oh. so then. <laughs> I can walk through all the aisles. I only got about like 30 minutes. It's a magical time. <laughs> I can walk through the aisles, get everything I need, and, and get checked out within five minutes, right? What? Five minutes? Yeah, it's, okay. it's so fast because I, I, I'm going in. I, I can get whatever. And I usually know where everything is, right? And then if for some reason I get a little help behind and I miss that time, then I got a line. <laughs> or you could... um. 
if you go to one of the 24 hour places, maybe wait it out till 2 a.m. Yeah. Right when the <laughs> Amazon yeah. pantry. Oh, the delivery? Yeah. Um, I, do you uh, order online? Uh, I, my boyfriend likes to do the shipped, but I'm an, I'm an odd person. I like to go to the grocery store. Okay. You want to see what you're, <laughs> I like going to Aldi. Aldi's my favorite. So it, it kind of, that's like my relaxing thing of the week. I know some people hate grocery shopping. So like I beg him, like, please don't order groceries. Just let me go to Aldi. It'll be cheaper. Like, I like perusing the aisles, but I, I, I do think it's the future. Um, we're going to take a little quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about a little behind the scenes at Yum Village. Uh, I'm going to share with you some of the things we're doing technology wise. And, uh, we'll really get the answers because we both did kind of, I mean, I did anyway. Ellen was really honest. She said it was in a refrigerator, but I'll man up when we come back <laughs> on refrigerator diaries. All right. We are back on refrigerator diaries behind the food. I am your host, Godwin Ihentugi, chef, owner, operator of Yum Village. And we're also here with Ellen. Hi. What up, what up? Hi, everybody. Hi. Hi. So, uh, before we left, um, I owed an explanation to what's inside my refrigerator. I'm going to prove it. We'll post it. If you lo- if you go to the in- Instagram, Yum Village Instagram, we'll, Put it on there tomorrow, like, hey, you know, come and get some food from us. I'll, I'll also show you a picture of my fridge. But honestly, we do a lot of Grubhub, Uber Eats at night. I'm always trying to check out the competition. Plus, it's, you know, it's it's so much time. Like, I, I spend all, all the time at the restaurant, and then I come home. Those 45 minutes, 30 minutes that it takes to prep and cook are going to, I don't know, not that, you know, like <laughs> Of putting on some sade and, and looking out the window <laughs> while it rains or something. I don't know. <laughs> that is it. But um, in there, we I've, I'll, I'll put a picture of this. I have about 25% of it is taken up by sauces because I'm a big sauce guy. The other 30% is like garden and vegetables and fruits. Um, Megan's family. Um, shout out to uh, Rick and Kurt, uh, Nancy, pretty much the whole family. Everyone makes food. And so we'll get kale and tomatoes and squash and pumpkin and everything to just have on hand to just make anything. <laughs> you know, that anything sounds awesome. It, it, it is pretty convenient. I've started taking advantage of it more, especially as I've been on this, uh, um, Gold to drop <laughs> operation clean slate, but uh, it, it's been pretty helpful. Uh, we'll put a picture up up there so you guys can see it tomorrow. Um, that being said, though, a lot of things have been happening um, this season. Uh, we've been doing the podcast. In addition to that, we've opened the restaurant <laughs> on the uh, corner of Woodward, Milwaukee. Oh, awesome. Yeah. And that has been thrilling. So our very first day opening not the maybe the week the week before our very first day opening was in there getting everything ready right i was cleaning and washing everything off and and trying to get myself in a a zen state of mind and then i'm on the computer it's about nine o'clock and i look up and there's a gentleman with his eyes pressed up against the mirror uh, the window and he's just staring at me and so we locked eyes for about 10 minutes 
Ten minutes. Yeah, I I, I didn't know what was one going minute on. is too long. <laughs> Ten minutes. I wasn't sure he if he was around food. or yeah. he wanted anything. Yeah, and so against my better judgment, I went out there and opened the door. <laughs> and turned out he was from the neighborhood. He was a neighborhood constituent. He has been there since it was a Caribbean restaurant. I didn't know that. And um, from there, he's always just been the. Uh, Savior of the block, <laughs> being the administrative um, personnel of the neighborhood for everyone and all who will listen um, as to what succeeds and doesn't succeed for restaurants that open up on that corner there. And so I was very fortunate. Oh, very to, cool. Yeah. And, uh, has he come in and stopped and eaten anything? You or? know what? I don't, <laughs> to be honest with Save you. Save him a seat by the front. That's a good question. I don't think he's ever actually purchase any food from the restaurant i think the only thing that he's eaten is like stuff that we've given him you know? but then again i'm not there all the time so i don't but he might be putting out a good word exactly i so. i know i in fact i know he is because I, I know he's always talking about how he tells people about the restaurant and things like that and for that uh, we'll always be forever thankful uh, at, at all times um a couple other things that have happened uh, this year, we were uh, part of the soiree, which just recently happened. Um, it was an event where we had a, a bunch of folks uh, walking around the Dequinia Cut uh, as a fundraiser. It was awesome. Uh, for the Detroit Riverfront Conservancy, There, it was their event. We just were a food truck there. Um, we just recently had a ginormous mural painted on the side of the uh, restaurant. Four panels. All of them have a traditional... West African masquerade that represents uh, the passage and protection of uh, spirits, juju, things like that. Okay, cool. Yeah, I am trying to be like, you know. Is that on the Instagram? I got to get that. We have posted. Uh, we've posted about it. Uh, we've put it in our stories. Uh, if you if you want to go into research, it's called the IO, uh, E-Y-O. Very simple. And uh, it's uh, mostly tied to if not uh, completely tied to the yoruba tribe which is um part of the uh makeup of nigeria a uh, past being called nigerians <laughs> before the uh the label of nigeria was placed uh in niger delta yep yep all right so outside of that we've also started to do events at the restaurant uh, i know a lot of you guys have been asking us about where why don't you talk about the restaurant more and so <laughs> I, I am including some of these activities that we started to do there um, a lot of folks don't know but we also do drawing classes we're super community based in there and so if you want to learn how to draw for example you want to put your who's a famous artist uh uh, 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 there's that guy, and he, he, there's he, that guy. He, he bought the one color, like, he, he bought the color, like, a, a dark black or something, and he didn't, you have to, like, you, but, you know what I'm talking about? That there's another guy who didn't like that guy. He's like, well, I'm going to make this paint color, and isn't that like anybody um, could buy it except for him? <laughs> I don't know. That's what I'm thinking that, of. Right it sounds now. like how Meyer and Walmart got started. I heard a story that well, Sam Team Walton. Meyer. I don't want you know, I, I don't <laughs> want to publicly put my, okay. <laughs> but I will say, right. When Meyer was around, they were the big block kid on the block in the Midwest. Sam Walton made a phone call 
and was somehow able to speak with Meyer, the Myers. I'm sure it was a guy, whoever, the, the matriarch or the patriarch, whoever was in charge of Mr. Meyer, Mr. Meyer, Mr. <laughs> or Mrs. Meyer. Um, and they refused Sam Walton's initial olive branch to partner up. Then I, oh, I did not know that. And so Sam made the petty vow or, you know, I'm not going to label it. He made the vow or commitment to place a Walmart or Sam's Club or something from the Sam Walton family within a five mile radius of every single Meyer thing ever for life. I can actually respect him for that. I don't know. That's the route I probably would have took if I, if I had that much drive. <laughs> I think it's true because whenever I drive by Myers, I do see a Sam's Club or one of those things somewhere around there. You know, um, when you go shopping, you like to go in the store. So you need to have vegetables. Do you do you make a, a shopping list? Uh, yes, and I I try to stick to it, but you never um, get deterred. What's the, no, dude, what's, I, what's the thing that you... I get deterred, but it's when I get to the register and the numbers are starting to rack up. And then I realize I, I at least try to do this. Put all the stuff I actually need in the front and then the fun stuff in the back. So if I hit that number, I don't have to awkwardly tell the cashier, okay, you got to take this stuff. <laughs> I'll just say, okay, you know what? I, I'm sorry. I can't get any stuff down here. Okay. What's, That's what I try to do. I got gotcha. you. What, what's uh, the... um? What what would... would deter you the, the fun stuff what's the fun well, stuff what's well, the fun i said stuff? i was an aldi shopper so i like that the winking owl wine i just don't want anyone to judge me for drinking a three dollar wine but it gets the job done you yeah know, it's trader joe's three buck chuck yeah and then um what else um they got their own brand of halo top now that halo top ice cream is it also 150 Except calories something like th- yeah something around low Low calorie per serving. And then I end up eating the real ice cream a few days later. Halo Top feels like I'm eating air. When I eat a Halo Top really? ice cream, I don't feel like oh. it's... It feels like they... Like, if you could 3D print food, Ooh. <laughs> that's what it tastes like to me. It's hit or miss. <laughs> I, uh, some flavors are a little more, yeah, kind of like a ice, icy. But the candy bar flavor, that one, the closest to real ice cream so far. Oh, gotcha. So... The, those the, are the detours. Uh, that's one. I, I, cheese sweet. and crackers. And See, or I, cheese flavored crackers. I would do that, I you know? Can't. I love Cheez-Its. They're life to me. Um, frozen stuff, frozen meals, kind of. Not necessarily like Hungry Man or something, but like, oh, packaged ravioli. That stuff kind of gets me off the beaten path, and I go, no, I don't need that. I could... Pause. Oh, <laughs> don't know. don't do it. <laughs> okay, all right. And so, when you guys make your grocery lists, like is it like weekly? Is it biweekly? Uh, I I go weekly. Do you guys shop separately or together? I shop for me. Oh, okay. And then I I do live with a, a significant other. He wasn't really eating too many vegetables before we started dating, and uh, I've converted him. Try, yeah, converted him a bit, and uh, back spinach. He, he's down for the spinach leaves. Yeah, and he's uh he's big on cereal. I'm not a big cereal person. Never have been. Never I used will. to get down on cereal, but at Megan, I don't think is a cereal person. I am a cereal person, but 
I'm not going to put cereal there <laughs> if, if, uh, if both of us aren't into it, you know, so. I, yeah, I that's can... one of those things I wouldn't think to buy it, but he would. See, so that's kind of where we differ. But he's not picky, you know, I'll. Do you guys ever make food for each other? Yes, we try, but we're, <laughs> we think we're really good at it. And then uh, something gets all soggy or burnt a few minutes later and then. We've had some some hits, but we're not very we're not very skilled. We get by, but I you know I, as the attempt is there. Most people, you know, it's not like you're saying Blue Apron every night. You know, but I don't think I could afford that. But <laughs> who can? Who, who's the demographic? Right, like a lot of these things that come out, you have to pay so much money. Oh, uh, and then the worst part is you you forget to take it off your uh, the, the list, oh, yeah. and then next thing you know, they're just pulling. $40 out of your bank account if you have the $40. See, that's the trick. If your bank account's always empty, they can't get you. <laughs> Technically, I mean, some yeah. of them just rain, sleet, hell, snow. Oh, <laughs> it's going yeah, down. I've, I've had, uh, I, I've been guilty of the, I'll get the coupon in the mail for the, the free, the, the free trial or whatever. And yeah, I'll just do a new email. That's my problem. <laughs> that's how I, if, it's a treat if I get a blue apron. So Detroit is still changing every day. I feel like every single month it is possible for me to go into a neighborhood or an area within a city and, and feel as if I'm happening upon or discovering a new thing in Detroit that I, I didn't know was happening. I'm like, is it? Wow. Like Brush Park. Every day I go into Brush Park. I'm like, wow, it's so fast. It's almost done. It's, it's up now or. Corktown, like they, they pretty soon will have the, the, the Corktown cars driving around in there. Yeah, I'd, uh, well, Corktown it feels more kind of like a, I guess, well, I know it's a bit, bit of a, a lot of, a lot of heavy stuff comes with this word, but the gentrification, of course. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's. Gentrified chicken. I, I'm not really, uh, I'm not really one to hang out in Corktown. I just, uh, it's a little bit more expensive, you know. It's, it's gotten a little pricier there, you know. There's a couple of bars I still like, um, but I, I try to be mindful of that too when I'm what businesses I'm supporting in Detroit, and um, you know, try to give more of my money to the old local, local businesses as opposed to the Dan Gilbert kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't know. I I, Chase, I don't want to start a war. In yeah, don't do it. Don't do but, it. So Chase had a study, right? Chase's study, I think this was in like 2015, 2016, something like that. 15 cities were done about $1.2 billion in transactions were recorded, of which Detroit showed some of the highest growth. People in Detroit spent more on recreational activities than in any other city. So people like to go out here in Detroit, you know. You can only eat and drink in the city currently. You can't <laughs> oh. really do anything else. Well, Maybe, yeah, you know, got there... scooters. Yeah. You ride scooters. Those I rode are, a scooter those here. Are fun. Yeah. They are fun. Unless you get hit. But... Well, get the wind in your hair. Feels good. It, um, it does. It lots, does. lots of good places to eat and drink down here for sure. I mean, you, it's like kind of what I was talking about earlier. You could walk into a random place and just end up having a great night, even if you've never been there. And then you're like, why haven't I been to this place? This place has been here the whole time. This could have been my place. Right. Uh, why didn't you tell me about the cheese? So many bars that I feel that way. I'm like, oh, what? This, this is my place. And the next thing you know, I've got, I don't know, 
Why is too many bartenders so remembering my order, but <laughs> hey, that's not a bad. Thing. I don't know, but I'm definitely, definitely uh, great places down here. Lots of them. Yeah. And then the other thing that was interesting about that study is that it also stated that Detroiters are more likely to make a purchase from something or somebody if it represented Detroit in any way. So I, I know I've been so harsh on all of these Detroit named things, but they're on to something. <laughs> it, it's, it's cool. I mean, it's cool to say you're from Detroit. I, I'm one of those geeky suburbanites who I gotta, I gotta catch myself because I, it's so tempting to say, Oh, I'm from Detroit. No, no. And I'm I appreciate not. you doing that because people from, uh, they just say that. But it's, like, it's a great city and I think yeah. people, they want to be a part of that. You know, they want that, but I'm in here with that. That sounds so cool. I'm, I'm with it. Madison Heights doesn't sound as cool. <laughs> well, we got some stuff out there, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> one day, one, and, and pretty soon the city's expanding. Um, and we'll, we'll close shortly after this, but I was just, talking to a young gentleman who is from Cincinnati and they are up here scouting the food hall marketplace and one of the things that he told me is that we want to bring food halls to Cincinnati and and build them up and you know he's talking to me like would you want to come down there and I'm like yeah you know anywhere <laughs> like if there's if there's a a check for it I'm I'm, I'm definitely down but um I think it's also important that, you know, as we, we go through all of this stuff, we see the gentrification, we research who the players are, we kind of be, be responsible and, and see what's going on and really get to know what's happening behind the food. Otherwise, we're just, uh, we're just eating it. <laughs> well, we, nothing wrong with just eating it, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I, uh, I eat for sustenance, so hey, no, no morality lessons on my breakfast. Well, I don't want to run your podcast too long, but uh, what what do you feel about the food hall? Because that seemed kind of like a newer thing. That just, yeah, you yeah. know what? So it, it's, we're sitting it, in one right now. Is kind of what makes me think about it. Yeah, in two thousand and twelve, two thousand and thirteen, uh, the Galley Group was one of the first groups to start doing food halls. They started doing food halls uh, down in Pittsburgh around this time like 2013 14 time and um the model proved pretty successful because it allows a cut and a barrier of entry and rent and uh and condenses shared utilities like electricity and things like that so in that aspect it's cool uh for a new and up-and-coming person it's still cool and for someone who's already existing trying to bring into a new market it is also cool what has not been cool, and I think this is just like a a process of capitalism, is that you still, like everyone still has to make money, right? And so, you know, as a restaurant person, I'm still a tenant. I still have to pay the landlord who then makes money off of like what I do. And then they're also in a weird place because they also make money off of the bar. If they put a bar there and if they don't do any programming, then I as a tenant am like driving traffic now for them. And, um, those like conversations and dialogues just should happen <laughs> before it becomes like a, and they could be stressful standard. ones. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Pretty soon, you know, we're going to have an Uber for the kitchen staff and it's going to be real conversations. I won't have to pay payroll tax anymore. I don't have to pay workman's comp. 
I might be able to get somebody who will do the job for the cheapest price. I guess this is what America wants. You know, this is not the capitalism I want to live in. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, not at all. But with that note, prove it. Um, do, are you going to post a picture of your refrigerator? I'll, yeah, I'll text you yeah, one. Yeah, you know, let's take go. Take one when I get home. Yeah, I got to so. make sure. I got to put all the vegetables in the front now just to make it. <laughs> just so people it, don't call me out. Get, yeah. it, get <laughs> a show ready. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you listening, and we'll see you next time on Refrigerated Diaries Behind the Food. <laughs>